Good morning, church. How are you? Hope you're doing well. Hope everything is going well for you and your life and the life of who you are and church and your family. Um, family, it's big, isn't it? Family's important. Um, I just think we should just take a moment and lift up Mrs. Deary. You know, she lost her sister. I don't know if you've lost a, a family member before, but if you haven't, you will. Um, it's not easy. Knowing what we know about Christ, knowing that he has conquered all things, knowing that we are going to stand before him perfect, righteous, and holy, still doesn't take away the pain, does it? It, it gives us a little relief. It, it provides some, some uh, happiness and some, some strength, but still that sadness is there. So let's just take a moment. And I'm just going to be silent for 15 seconds, 10 seconds. And you just lift up Mrs. Deary, her family. And then I'm going to close this in, in a prayer for that, okay? Let's just take a moment. Father, we know it's not easy to lose a loved one to death. But Lord, we know that you hold the foundations of the earth in the cup of your hand. Father, we just lift up Mrs. Deary to you, her family. As she is hurting, as she is struggling, as it's a difficult time today and the days to come, Lord, we just ask that you comfort her, provide protection and, and safety as they travel home, Father. And just once again, Lord, we just ask that only the, you are the only way, you are the only one that can comfort her in this way, Lord. And we just ask that you do so in a mighty way. We pray this and ask in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, church. So I have some great news for you today. Who likes great news? I mean, good news is good to have, amen, right? And so what, what I want to share with this is good news. So this is going to be a short, simple message. Very simple. We've heard it before, but I think that we should find greatness in our hearts. We should find excitement in our hearts because, you know, God has embraced us with love and favor far beyond what we can imagine, hasn't he? Far beyond any measure. And, and, and you know, this is what's interesting. While we were still his enemy, God did that for us. So now that you and I, some of you, maybe not all of you, I don't know, but that, now that we are saved, we are secure in him, we are assured that he's not going to let us down in the future, amen? That's good news, right? Okay, so we are truly at peace with God, and we shouldn't be concerned about any part of our future. Think about that. It's important. I think we should just relax and enjoy God. How many of you? How many of us are are reaping the benefits of being a Christian? I mean, there's victory in Christianity. Amen. There's victory in this lifestyle, and and there's a lot of things that we can enjoy in life. God wants us to have an abundant life. Amen. So, I think though we 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 have this struggle that from the fleshly um, directed lifestyle 
transitioning from that type of lifestyle to the spiritual type of lifestyle is obviously going to take some practice. It's going to take some big changes in our belief system. It's going to completely change the habits of our thinking and our living, right? You know, and we talk about, this is interesting to me, we talk about how simple it is to accept the free gift of grace from Jesus Christ. You know what? And it really is. It really is a very simple thing to do. But the process of repentance, now that's a different story, isn't it? The process of repentance, the turning away from our previous ways of life, our previous living, takes more work. Am I the only one here that, that finds that? I mean, I'm not the only one, am I? Okay, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And I know that in our sec- second service, the St. Matt's men will definitely understand. They will be in agreement with this, that this process does not happen overnight. Sometimes this process, which we're trying to live a life that's uh, acceptable, that's worthy of Christ, we, we take two steps forwards a lot of times, and then there's that one step backwards. We clear? Making sense? We're... I want us to talk about this today. You know, e- even though it may feel like a struggle or a tug of war, it's not. Um, there, there's peace. There's peace between you that know Christ as Lord and Savior and God. I mean, we should be grounded in that assurance that we are secure in Christ. Amen? I mean, this isn't a performance-based circumstance this is not a conditional salvation it's full salvation bought by the blood of Jesus Christ paid for by his blood so I mean we begin with an assurance of peace with God now here's our scripture I want us to look at it but before we do let's pray Lord we love you we thank you Lord God for your word Father we ask that you use this word your word to speak to our lives in Christ's name, amen. All right, we're going to look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. This is where Pastor Frank was going to be preaching from if he were here. So I went ahead and you know kept us on the same path a little bit. But Paul's writing here to the church in Rome. And he says this. He says, therefore, now this is, this is a summary word. And if we, if we really wanted to understand it morally, we would have to, morally, that's not a word. If we wanted to understand it more, we would have to go back and read chapter 4. And it's talking about justification by faith, okay? And, and here we are at the results of justification. And therefore, since we have been declared what? Righteous by what? By faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Second verse says, we have also obtained access through him by the by faith into the grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of our glory, of the glory of God. So I suppose if you were to, if I were to sum up the whole chapter, the whole book of Romans, I think I would use the word justified. I would use that word justified, and that word means to be made right before God. You've been justified. You were not right. I've been told this my whole life. And now you are right, okay? I've not been told that my whole life, but God told me that, okay? So I've been made right. I've been justified. So to be justified, made right with God, it it means like if this sin really didn't happen. 
<laughs> my sin was forgiven. I'm sorry, I was forgiven, but my sin was forgotten. You know, that's what the scripture tells us, that, that he does not bring it up anymore. And this is, this is what makes me say, wow. When, when, when someone is justified, he is not only declared righteous, he becomes righteous. You know, God doesn't just say, now he's righteous. He, he, you know, he's, now I'm making him righteous. Now, you are righteous. I mean, when we think about that, do you feel righteous? Mm-mm. Sometimes I feel dirty, rotten scoundrel. But you know what? Christ has claimed something different. He said, that's mine. By the blood of Jesus Christ, that is mine. He's made us righteous when we know him. It's like instead of being on the wrong side of God, we have now been pardoned and we have the, the, the threat of condemnation has gone away. I mean, is that good news? I mean, we should be excited about this, church. Um, we, when, when, when we trust in Jesus for what he has done and his promises and his commitment that he made to us, as a result, as a result, we are declared righteous. Now, I think this is something that is kind of a struggle for us to understand, but it's very, very important because we will be able to live a beneficial life as a Christian when we understand this. We will have happiness. We will have joy. We will be able to reap the benefits of Christ. We are justified. Verse 1 says what? We have peace with God. Now, I'm not talking about just regular old peace. I'm talking about there's nothing anim- there's no animosity between us anymore. Look what it says in Colossians 1.20. I didn't put it on the screen, but I'll read it for you. And it says, Through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Peace describes the result of justification. Ephesians 2, 4 and 15, it says, For he is our peace, who, who made both groups, both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh he made no effect, he made no effect of the law con, consisting of commands and expressed in regulations, so that he might create in himself one man from the two, resulting in peace. Once we were God's enemy, we resisted God's rule in our life, uh, occasionally like an act of rebellion, often passive resistance. (laughs) Um, You know, we may not have seemed like God's enemy, but we surely were were not uh, um, um, in full allegiance with him, were we? We, 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 we've, in our hearts, our hearts were probably polluted some. Um, and do you think that, that God knows the resistance that's in us? Of course he does. He knows what's holding you back. He knows what's uh, stopping us from coming to him. And, and, and the scripture just told us that there's peace in him. But more importantly, he has peace with us. I mean, he's no longer wanting to... You know, because the next time I have the opportunity to, to share with you, I'm going to speak about God's wrath. But he, don't has a, he doesn't have to worry about that wrath with us anymore, does he, church? That wrath is gone, okay? Verse 2 says, 
uh, in, in Romans chapter 5, through him we have obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. So now that we are on God's team, now that we are at peace with him, and more importantly, him with us, uh, I want to look at a couple, a couple of words that, important words that uh, spell out the blessings that God has for us. The first one's access, uh, second one's grace, the third one is the hope of the glory of God. But think about access. Do you actually have access to the president of the Southern Baptist Convention? I mean, if you want to call him on the phone, you probably couldn't get him, huh? What about the access to the CEO of Microsoft? Can you just, I mean, you really can't even have access to the superintendent of the school system here in Hendry County, unless you know someone or unless you are someone. You just don't have full access to people like that, especially of importance, unless you are important. I'm important. How about you, Paul? You important? You're important too, brother. But, you know, we just don't have access to them at all times. But through faith in Christ, we've gained full access to God, his presence and his favor. This is important, church, because look what the scripture says um, about this access that we have. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. We all know where that stands in John 14, 6, don't we? How about Ephesians 2, 8? Through Christ, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. How about Ephesians 3.12? It says, in Christ we have boldness and confident access through him, through faith in him. In Hebrews 4.16, it says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. What a wonderful access we enjoy in God's favor. Amen? I mean... <laughs> He's available 24 hours, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. There's not a time, there's not a place that you can't have full access to God. That should be encouraging. That should be extremely encouraging. There's nothing that is stopping us from drawing near to God. You know, we, we talk about this only at Christmas time. But Jesus' name was Emmanuel. God with us. Let's say that together. God with us. In our spirit, the Holy Spirit of God dwells in us. So God is with us. We have full access to that. As much as we want. There's no limited time. We can't like, oh, it's 7 o'clock and 7 to 8. There's no access. It's always there. Don't you feel special? I mean, how cool is that to know that you have full access to the king of kings? I mean, the Lord of all, whether you know it or not, he is. We don't have to make him God, he's just God. Grace, my favorite one. I mean, here it simply means favor of God. Do we deserve that grace? No, we do not. We deserve his wrath. We we. But by faith in Christ and what he did on the cross, we receive grace. It's an unmerited favor. This is what Jerry Bridges said. Grace expresses two complementary uh, thoughts. God's unmerited favor to us through Christ and God's divine assistance to us through the Holy Spirit. God's divine assistance to us 
through the Holy Spirit. You know, part of how we view God's grace is, is our experience with other people. But, you know, I mean, have you ever extended grace to someone? Have you ever had grace extended to you? Surely you have. But, you know, part of how we view God's grace out of our experience with each other is sometimes it's a little, I, I guess all the time it's got, we have sin in our lives, don't we? So when we offer grace, it's from the human sinful nature. When God offers grace, I mean, natural man is motivi- motivated by this, by this great, to be gracious. I think we just know that we need to be forgiving because we, we, we know we need to forgive others because we know we need forgiving. There's just something about that in us. I think that's how God created us when, when, when we became in our mother's womb. He said, that's mine. That's our identity. We are created in the image of Christ. And, and even sin came into the world, but I don't think it takes that identity away from what Christ created. That's mine. God is not motivated by our, by our own sinfulness. He is holy. He is a righteous God, completely void of sin, full of goodness and love. Unlike we may be, God is not ignorant of all the ways that we have sinned against him. He knows exactly everything that we've done against him. He knows everything he knows, and his knowledge of who we really are will never hinder his love for us. That's something that we should really grasp. He knows how we really feel. That's never going to hinder him the way he loves me. The way he loves you. Um, God, God's grace is kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? When you really truly think about it. The last thing I want to share is the glory of God. The glory of God. You know, we look back at what, what Christ has done and... You know, we, we see what he did on the cross, and we think about that, but we live very much in the present, you know, and we look to the future as people. The English word that we use a lot, the hope, the word for hope, it, in the sense of a, a fond desire for the future, that's what kind of hope means, is like, I have hope that one day I'm going to get a boat. You know, that's the future, I have a hope in the boat. In the future. I get no laughter out of this. I talk about this every time I get to preach. The hope I have for the boat, okay, for, for something good in the future, amen? That's, that's, what, that's what hope means. But in the Greek, it's much more certain. The, the word is translated like an eager expectation when you look at that word in the Greek, hope. It's like, man, I, I, in the future, I am fully expecting something and I can hardly wait for it, like a grandbaby or a child. I mean, you, you, you just can't wait. That's the kind of hope that we should have in Christ. 
Glory seems to have two uh, connotations. The, 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 connection, the condition of being bright or shining or a splendor or radiant. And the second is the recognition of status or performance, fame, renown, honor, prestige. So we are looking forward to being in the presence of God in the glory of heaven. Amen? I mean, why should we be excited and looking forward to experiencing the glory of God? Why should we be excited? Why should we be excited about that? You know why? First, it, the glory of God is very great. I mean, the glory of God is very and in other words, God is very great. Therefore, the glory is very great. Amen. I mean, and, and we are not filled with joy at the prospect of seeing and, and sharing the glory. We know in our hearts that it's going to happen, right? We pray, and I tell you what, if you don't know this, if you're here today, and, and, and I'm not going to assume, but if you're here today and you, you're, you're not in that prospect hope of what God's got for us in the plan, I pray that you pray right now that God opens your heart that you might see who he truly is so that you can have that same hope, okay? So that you can understand what it's going to be like uh, to see the glory of God. Now, God shows, his, uh, shows that his glory is great by saying what? It's eternal. I mean, if it lasts forever, it's got to be great, huh? What do you think? Romans eleven thirty six 36 says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To be glory forever. It's never going to end. That's how his glory is going to show. God's, God shows the greatness of his glory by speaking of its might and power. Okay? How, how great is the power of God? Look what Isaiah 40 uh, verse 12 says. He, he measured the sea in the hollow of his hands and he weighed the mountains in scales. And when Daniel in chapter 4 verse 35 says, he, he does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay in his hand and say to him, who, what doesest thou? God says that his glory will replace the sun. In the book of Revelations, it says uh, in verse 20, chapter 21, verse 23, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. <laughs> I mean, what a promise, church. How? I mean, finally, we, we are made to see the greatness of the the glory of God, when Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that our Lord, listen, that our Lord reflects the glory of God and bears the very stamp of his nature. It will be like Christ, full of truth and grace. And we read a while ago that uh, uh, in, in the book of Romans that Paul says that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Is there any wonder? If there's any awe, if there's any admiration or fame or praise or applause, you know, all this glory belongs to the Lord. Amen? It all belongs to God. Our hope of glory does not disappoint us. It, it, become, it becomes who we are. 
What is the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us for? It gives us a little bit of taste, a little bit down payment, a deposit of the full presence of God. We have just a little taste of the Spirit of God dwelling in us. But we're going to experience the fullness of God's glory in the day of the Lord. Amen? Miss Kathy's sister is seeing the fullness of God's glory. Isn't that exciting, church? I mean, Paul even talks about it a little bit further in, in, in the verse. But, uh, you know, it says that we were once enemies of God, hostile toward Him, uh, hating Him, but now we've been reconciled. What that means is you've been restored. That, mean, that means like a right standing. Instead of the uh, in, um, estrangement of hostility on both sides, now we're kind of in harmony. We're, you know, God calls us, or Jesus says they're, they're my friends now. Isn't it cool to know that you've got a friend in Jesus? Not going to let you down, not going to turn, turn away from you, not going to talk about you behind your back, always going to be there. Someone you have full access to, someone that's given you all the grace that you deserve and need. Free access into God's awesome presence. Now, there's peace with God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if you're here today, and as uh, Miss Debbie and Paul, whoever's coming up to do our invitation, a song, if you're here, and you never realize that uh, God is full of grace and allows you to have access to Him. Maybe you need to come and pray and ask Him to be your Lord and Savior so you can have full access to Him. I don't know, maybe, maybe you already realized that you needed a Savior and you've asked Christ to come and save you and you've accepted His free gift of grace. But you haven't been enjoying the benefits of a Christian. You haven't been reaping the harvest. You haven't been excited about knowing whatever struggles you may face, victories in the end. Maybe you just need to come and pray. So I invite you to come as we sing.